Okay, cool. Here we go. One more again. Hey, what's going on? It's Chewy Gomez, and you're tuned into the Dad Bod Rap Pod, and I'm here with you. Stony Island Audio. And now it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod with your hosts, Damon Carter, David Ma, and Nate Leblanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar An argument ensued about who the goats are The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod Now fans worldwide say Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad dog Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap pod, pod, pod Podcasting live from San Jose, California, where freestyle still lives. It's the Dead Bod Rap Pod. I'm one third of your host, Damone Carter, aka Dem One, joined by my man David Ma. What's good? Hey, good to see you guys. I feel like it's been a minute. I feel like we've been saying that every time. It's been more like one week, but really good to see <laughs> you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we back in here. Uh, my man, fifty grand, also tanned. Nate LeBlanc, what's happening? Uh, jumping music, slick DJs, <laughs> drum machines, and laser, laser rays. Yeah, every day. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, the freestyle jokes will make sense later on when you when you hear the uh, the interview that we have lined up with Bay Area radio DJ legend Chewy Gomez. Um, as y'all know, because you listen to the pod every week. I recently was in the East Coast and trying to expose my girlfriend to the East Coast style of radio DJ, uh, which I call the East Coast holla style. Yeah, yelling. Um, <laughs> You're yeah. here, we just call it yelling. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> well, it's like yelling and bombs, and we're like listening to the late night radio show, whatever, and like they're literally just talking over every four bars. Wait in the house, and then just kind of going in and out. Um, so that's a particular style of DJing. I, when I think of Bay Area style radio DJing, I'm basically just thinking of Chewy Gomez. Like he's he's a, a huge figure, and so you get to hear us nerd out with him, uh, Uncle Chewy, who raised us on the radio. But this idea of radio got me thinking about the role that radio played in the proliferation of rap music um, historically, like going back, being on the radio used to be such a big deal. And I think it's still a big deal, but uh, radio doesn't quite hold the same place that it used to. Nate, what was the first time that you can recall hearing rap music on the radio? We used to have a um, station called Hot 97.7. Yes, sir. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually was, I kind of thought, Chewy was on Hot 97.7, but he was on Wild 107. 107. So mm-hmm. it could have been either of those. Um, but they um, they would, you know, they would play rap, like kind of like poppy rap. MC Hammer, probably. 
Sure. If, okay. I, if I had to guess, I don't have like a. I remember this song coming through the radio and it like blew my mind. Like I knew what hip hop was from other stuff mm. um, before I heard it on the radio. I think, but my sister and I used to listen to the radio all the time and like battle with my parents for like the classic rock station or one of those two stations, which were kind of like pop stations. They would play rap, they would play freestyle, they would play R and B, they would play kind of the the hits of the day. So. Um, yeah, I learned a lot about music from listening to the radio and rap was always a part of that. Maybe not as big of a part as I would have liked until, sure. as you guys will hear in a minute, we got our Bay Area rap station, which was KMEL um, for many, many, many years. Um, the, the the home for hip hop and, and R&B. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely an era. Dave, when did uh, when did rap find you through the radio? I'm not sure on the exact date. I mean. October twenty first. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the radio wasn't like a tool for discovery. You were just kind of taking what you're given, you know. And I yeah. remember, if I had to pinpoint it, and this is like a hazy memory, but I think I remember hearing uh, "Everlasting Bass" by Joe Cooley and Romeo. Yeah, Romeo. that makes um, sense. Like, like one of one of the that first was on ninety seven seven. I can tell. <laughs> and and I remember them. I remember that song still being on the radio. Like when I graduated high school. I mean, it was yeah on the radio for damn near a decade like constantly so it's i still cool. hear that song coming out of cars in my neighborhood pretty often i'm like yep. that is like such a like staple like san jose song <laughs> it's <is> everlasting <laughs> <laughs> and, and it has bass not the bass for a short limited period of time <laughs> but yeah i mean uh, rap on the radio it was so commonplace back back in the day and um you know it, i feel like it was a heyday i mean I remember hearing like Dayla on the radio and e EPMD crossover on the radio, you know, groups that yeah. were like dope now still to me. And back then I didn't care about like regionalism or like stuff about where the makers are from. You just kind right. of absorbed it. But I also remember hearing like Kid and Play on the radio and Criss Cross right. on the radio. So no, that I mean, Criss Cross is such a good example of a radio rap song. Like totally, that's, that totally. song is everywhere and they still have it. And like now they it's still have it. old school. I'm doing yeah. air quotes. You nice, guys nice. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Naughty by nature. I mean, jump like, around. All songs about yeah. jumping are huge on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> it was an era. You had to. You you definitely had to have a, a dance move with your uh, your radio rap hit. You mentioned uh, MC Hammer, Dave, and that that was that was really big. Um, because I'm more decrepit than y'all, I remember hearing um, Run DMC's "Hard Times" oh, wow. on the radio and feeling wow. like. That whoa, that's something different. Like that's not what they would typically play. I think there was definitely an era pre early '90s where it was kind of a fight um, to have rap on the radio, and there was definitely folks who didn't think it was music and this and that. So the R&B station that my parents listened to, which was KBLX, which is the oh, yeah. liest fucking call I letters. I still think of that as like the, like, you know, what do they call it? Um, Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm. Thank you. Yep. It is yep. like the, the James Ingram station. Man. Uh, so Luther <laughs> Vandross. Uh, so that was kind of like the radio that I, I really grew up on and detested. My mom used to make us listen to KBLX when we did our homework and shit. Yeah. Um, and so it was this kind of, I remember this tension around, will they play rap on the radio? And you kind of had to listen at night and kind of uh, catch stuff coming through the, the radio waves. And I just remember it being such a big deal um, to hear you know, real rap music or something like a too short or something on the radio was like a big deal. Like we used to record it was like beep, the radio. 
<laughs> you know what though? Life, life is too short. Doesn't ha- does it, actually he doesn't cuss, which yeah. is which was a master Smart. stroke on his part. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was. It I was think the master scary. stroke was later in the album, and it did have a lot of cussing on it. Uh, emphasis on the word stroke. So uh, I think we we talked to Chewy Gomez, who t- dates himself the beginning of his tenure at Cameo, which was the hip hop and R and B station, as ninety two. And I do think that's a watershed year. I think a lot of I was of just going to say, like, what a great time. Because the actual good rap, especially the G-Funk mm. stuff, was what was popular. Mm. So that was yep. radio rap. So right. it's like yep. you hear something from The Chronic. You hear, like, you heard the whole Easy e and Dr. Dre diss take place. You'd hear Lady of Rage. You'd hear Snoop. Yep. Like, it's hard for people to imagine now how excited we were for Snoop to come out. Like I thought, yeah, I was trying radio to radio was a big part of building up that mythos. When what's my name finally drops, you're like, holy shit, dude. Like I've never heard a song this good. Mm-hmm. Probably and, the and closest. That's why I like all the radio versions better than the <laughs> studio. Because you memorize those, those songs. Yeah. You memorize those versions. Uh, that used to be a thing for the single. I would always memorize the radio version because I taped it from the radio. That was like the ripping of its time. Um, and yeah, it was, it was definitely an era. And even in the Bay area, um, you know, there was an effort and I don't know how much this had to do with Chewy or the programming at that time, but you know, you also would hear the far side, like to Dave's mm-hmm. point, you would hear De La Soul and, uh, to kind of read things and, and kind of poke through things that wasn't necessarily true everywhere. Um, New York wasn't as enamored with the records coming out of the West Coast at that time. But I really felt like it was a, an eclectic era. Camiel in particular used to use They Reminisce Over You uh, horn line as just their daily tagline. Like mm. that was like what they played um, every freaking day. And then I don't know when this happened, but at some point, I realized there was a thing called college radio, <laughs> uh, um, which is a little bit different than the mainstream radio, but kind of the closest thing to um, to kind of an underground internet feel was like learning about college radio. Uh, and Nate, you were in the Evergreen area. Were you ever tapped into like the San Jose State radio station stuff? Nah, I wasn't paying attention to that stuff when I was a kid at all. Uh, fun fact about me, I took the radio class at UC Santa Cruz um because i wanted to have a radio show i've always wanted to have a radio show uh and it's the only class i've ever failed like i (laughs) i I am an extremely good student i always got good grades at every level of school and i failed that class because they wanted you to like sweep up the fucking break room and like file cds and shit like that and i didn't have i did not want to do any of that i just wanted to play rap music and talk about it and i interned on a show and like did a couple of broadcasts at like midnight to 2 a.m and then i did one thing where we did like the drive time me like me and two other friends like oh, this girl i didn't shit. know and my my friend who were in the class together and it was the day that um uh quantum show was gonna be at the uh, i think probably palookaville at that time so we got to give away tickets and it was the morning so i played that uh part from wave twisters where it's like brush your teeth please <laughs> you know like i was doing like my radio show and people were calling and they're like, oh, this is so different and stuff. And I was like, I assume no one was listening because it's like 6 a.m. Who the fuck is awake at 6 a.m.? And they're like, adults. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. People with jobs. That's, that's my radio journey. <laughs> grand <laughs> opening. Grand closing. Shows for our Patreon. I was about to say, and that's that's why you get the fly sporadic now. Um, Dave, when you, were, you grew up Santa Clara adjacent, were you ever 
tapped into the Santa Clara radio station? I did, um, but it wasn't until probably like early high school that I was like, oh, college radio exists and they play cool stuff that you've never heard of. Right. Um, a, a friend of mine, his name's Corey. Uh, he's a few years older. He's um, one of the few cats that was like into music. And he told me a story about how like he heard that um, Red Man and Method Man were going to be at um, the Santa Clara radio station. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and he and we lived in Santa Clara. So he walked down there. Yeah. They took him inside and he ended up meeting him. And I was oh, like, wow. that story, that story as, as like a sophomore in high school blew my fucking mind. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's sort of my connection to college radio. And it wasn't until uh, it was like till I was in college where like my college friends were were the right. DJs on college radio. shows. Yeah. 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 It's kind of how uh, how quantum soul sides uh, right. comes right. into being is has a college radio connection to that point. <clears throat> shout out Santa Clara, uh, the Fugees came down one time, uh, shout out to Lady T. <clears throat> to the radio station? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Lady T, who uh, I've recently reconnected with on Twitter, was a DJ there for uh, a minute, I think, while she was going there. And yeah, we just got this call that like, hey, Lauren Hill and Wyclef are going to be at fucking Santa Clara. So like we raced down there, but we missed them. That's crazy. Oh, man. That's <laughs> like, crazy. We ever, like, we I all... look at the Jesuit university santa clara i often think lauren hill probably hung out here once. <laughs> that was sister act point one uh, yeah. was on assignment somewhere exactly. <laughs> was doing espionage we know. the whole damn time uh i mean for an underground rapper that was your outlet at a point in time so i spent countless hours um, either hanging out around, trying to get my CD to both uh, San Jose State's 90.5 um, KSJS and, uh, and Santa Clara Station. Um, there was a really famous station, probably the most famous college radio station in our area. I can never get because I live too far south, which was uh, the drum on uh, 90.1, which was Stanford. Um, shout out Kevy Kev. Um, you could barely, like if I twisted my antenna and put foil on it and like put my fingertip on it you could barely hear it um but that was probably the the actual show of note um that that really was like ringing bells and kevy kev would never let me come on um so <laughs> so it was it was in some ways uh mythical um the radio but i, I asked this question in the interview and i'll pose it to y'all um what happens with radio now like it's still there uh but dave what will there be like fucking a radio station in 10 15 years i think there probably will be um just because there's always like fucking simple-minded fucks who just want to listen to it um, but, <laughs> um and, and and as you guys will hear like uh chu gomez um alluded to it like it, it is dying a slow death i mean i don't put on the radio and when i do it's just like hmm i want to hear what's on the radio i want to like keep up with the times and i always re regret my decision you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah so yeah. i i I think with like the abundance of music and just things getting narrower and narrower, I mean, why? What What is the point? Why Nate? Why radio? Make a case for it now because you flunked out of radio. Uh, it, I will <laughs> say it's a br it's a brutal listen with the amount of ads that it has. Like yeah. in my when I'm watching TV, like if I'm watching like the Warriors just like left the playoffs, sadly. But so I watched like a lot of basketball games. I mute the ads. I don't yeah. like listen yeah. to ads. I'll like. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not turning the TV off. I'm not insane, but I don't want to hear the like the blaring of the ads. 
with terrestrial radio is just really hard to do that. You'd, you'd just be guessing when it comes back on. And oftentimes I'll just like Dave's point, just click it off. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I don't want to like hear Gross. about a dentist or a, <laughs> a personal injury law firm right now. I want to see like, are they playing playboy Cardi or not? You know what I right. mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. To make a case for it. Um, it's free. It's accessible yeah. to everyone. Um, there are interesting people talking about interesting stuff at times um the the radio is a really good way to disseminate information is it a really right. good way to disseminate music music okay yeah, fair doesn't seem like it right i was fair. gonna say i mean if anything i listen to sports talk radio more than the regular radio you know and, yeah, and for sure. that, like it, it has a more of a purpose in my life like i'm gonna hear you know them uh discuss the warriors game i just watched you know totally. I mean? yeah. to, to that point dave i uh I, I, I hadn't listened to sports talk in many years. Like, I'm almost like, does my car have a radio? I should check. Because um, I just listen to music off my phone, right? Uh, but I listened to a few things uh, during the Warriors playoffs again, because I wanted to, are we going to discuss some strategy? What's the substitution? Uh-huh. Who's getting hurt? Like, what's what's the narrative here? Right, and right. I think all of the, what quote unquote, because there is no really such thing as a good call-in person left for Twitter, so now it was just like mouth breathing idiots. Like it was so, the, call, the callers were so bad. It was crazy Oof. how I was like, I thought this sucked in the 90s. We're 30 years later and like people have takes. They have nothing interesting, nothing interesting to say. They sat on hold to hear their voice on the radio to say, what exactly? <laughs> like on almost all of them, they'd just be in this stream of consciousness and the host would be like, I'm gonna have to cut you off there, man. Yeah, no, we're not gonna fire Steve Kerr. Next caller. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, because uh, I guess the, the discourse exists on Twitter. Um, and even that's pretty mouth breathy, so I can't even imagine uh what a, what a sports talk situation would be. I will make one case for the radio. There was one station. Um, and if you live within 20 miles of where I live, you can experience this. Uh KFJC 89.7 plays the weirdest shit. Yeah. On a regular basis, um, kind of speaking of college radio legend, Spider-Man uh, used to have a show that I listened to a lot. But it's the consistent, it's a it's radio for weird Bay Area noise heads. And so basically, every- there was a time where I knew basically every single person who DJ there and we would, they would order all their records for the entire radio station off of forced exposure, which is like an <laughs> experimental um, music distributor, which I don't right. know if it exists anymore. This is when I worked at a, re- a record store early in the early 2000s. But yeah, a bunch of my friends have had shows on KFJC over the years. I've been to the station multiple times. Um, they've had like a lot of our friends have done performances on there in their pit. Yeah. Like they're an awesome experimental college radio station and they, they usually do have some kind of hip-hop show i don't know if they currently do but i don't think they have a current is, uh what they call like <laughs> we say like uh chains being dragged through a moat <laughs> <laughs> what a billy woods has a new song with some <laughs> noise artist where he goes uh i wrapped over circular saws and that's kfjc yeah um, <laughs> without, and without I, lo- I love it for that i, I yeah. love it for that um <laughs> But we'll we'll see what they have happens. a long running Sunday reggae show too. It's like if I'm yeah. anywhere near there driving home, especially like you know when you're leaving San Francisco and you finally get yes. to the chill part of 280, and that's yeah. where it comes in the clearest. It's I I have listened to that on Sunday drives home from the city like my whole life basically. Uh, shout out to uh, Split Skank and Robert Rankin. Uh, so there in in weird niches, it can be cool. 
Um, it's usually not. If I say radio, my children will like vetch. They will be like, what are you talking about? Like, why did you turn this on? This makes no <laughs> sense anymore. And I'm like, all right, that, that's fair. Um, but we were fortunate enough to talk to a Bay Area radio DJ legend and just somebody who, you know, everything that we've heard and seen him do over the course of his career and like literally hours of hearing this person talk and then you get a chance to talk to him and like, oh, you're just like that. <laughs> I'm like, right. you're yep. Chewy Gomez, is Chewy Gomez, is Chewy Gomez. Uh, if you don't, you're not from the Bay, you never heard him, you're about to hear a, a delightful man talk about a wonderful time in music and in radio, and he's still doing it, uh, even as he's talking to us. Uh, <laughs> hosting a radio show as he's on a podcast, we need to step our game up, gentlemen. Uh, let's get into it. Here's our interview with Chewy Gomez, Dad Bod, Rap Pod. Dad Bod Rap Pod, every week we bring you people who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have Bay Area radio video DJ legend, Chewy Gomez. What's going on, man? The official Dad Bod dude is me, bro. <laughs> yes, yes, Chewy Gomez is the place to be. Yo, yo! <laughs> for reals, man. Uh, thank you so much for being here, man. Um, I'm just going to ask a bunch of questions that essentially date you, but uh, <laughs> just because you're the legend. So even when I was younger, your name was already ringing bells as as a, as a radio DJ and somebody who was bringing hip hop to the Bay Area airwaves. Um, did you always want to be in radio? Like, how did yep. that how did that yep. dream start? Yep. Uh, well, as a kid. My mom used to make me call and request on because she didn't want to call the radio DJ. So she used to make me call and request her favorite songs. And, you know, you may not know this, but, you know, Spanish was my primary language. So I, mm. I'm one of them ESL students. So okay. I used to call the Spanish radio station and ask for songs from my mama. And uh, I got to be such a, a nuisance to these DJs that one of them actually invited me to come visit the station. said, why don't you come down? And I told my mom, yo, blah, 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 uh, invited me down to the radio station. Can you take me? And she took me. And when I seen the DJ queuing up records at that time, they were still playing records, actual records on the radio. He was queuing up records and I saw the lights blinking, phone lines lighting up. People wanted to talk to him. I'm like, whoa, that is hot. <laughs> and you know, I'm like six, seven years old. So you know that that just like blew me away. And then just growing up listening to, you know, st people like uh Dr. Demento and Wolfman mm. Jack and our local guys like, you know, um, uh, Marcos Gutierrez, mm. Lee Perkins, some of these names you may or may not know. These are old classic dudes on the radio. Um, I kind of always wanted to be on radio. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew that that's kind of what I wanted to do. And I just fell in love with it. Right on. Thank you. And uh, from radio to video, we have to ask about CMC, which you're still doing, I believe. Um, tell us a little bit about um, how you got started with that. I mean, we we grew up watching it. That was a fluke. It's funny because uh, a buddy of mine who I used to intern with at KSOL, one of the first hey. stations I actually worked at, my man Andy Kawanami was a San Jose State 
uh, student, and he goes by the name of Andy 24K. He did Hip Hop Fridays on CMC back in the day. Well, he was at CMC before I got there, and he said, um, yo, you should come down here and do one of our shows, bro. Uh, you know, I think you'd be good. I'm like, nah, I like radio. I want to be in radio. I don't need people seeing me. No, no, it's different, bro. Like, come on down here. Nah, do me a favor. Come down here and do it for me. I'm like, all right, for you, I'm going to do it. And so it started off as just me coming down there and kind of like, you know, um, doing it for him as a favor to him. And um, it kind of just stuck. I Like, once I got in there, it went from, you know, hosting and kind of guest hosting to having my own day on Wednesdays was my day. Yes, Tuesday, sir. Coca-Cola Classic Wednesday. That was my day. Then afterwards, some of the people started leaving, you know, from Steve Masters to Rennell to the other folks that were on the channel. They started leaving. So I started taking over their days. And before you knew it, it was all Chewy Gomez every day of the week. <laughs> and so that's how that happened. But that was kind of a fluke. I never wanted to do TV. Mm. Yeah, well, we're glad you did. We learned a lot about music and uh, just the way you introduced the videos is so um, it's just it's just I, I, I can still hear your lead in to some of those videos that I grew up watching. Um, I'm curious of all the different people who did promo through your show over the years. Did would, did you ever catch anyone early in their career and you're like, that person's going to be a star? Like, did you just like know from the first moment you met someone who went on to become huge? Um, I wouldn't say that. Um, it was just dope growing up because, I mean, you know, we were all new to hip-hop. It was all new. Rap was new. Uh, we were just enamored with with it being on the radio. You know, it's stuff that mm -hmm. we heard. But being able to play some of the stuff that you were listening to was dope. Uh, did I know that 40 Water was going to be 40 Water? No. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, you knew everybody from 40 Water to JT, the bigger figure. You know, Master P was up there knocking at our door trying to get us to play some songs. Um, so that was dope in itself, just just living in the moment. Um, the fact that all these guys became megastars, some of those names that I dropped, um, was definitely awesome you know watching the loonies have a song that that is timeless you right. know and you being there for that when that went down it is incredible yeah man and um you were kind of the conduit for all that i wonder how do you manage like because i've actually seen you in public and people approaching you and rappers approaching you how do how do you uh handle folks feeling like chewy's here he can break my record like how do you how do you navigate that skillfully? Well, that that's that's the thing of the past because now you know I'm on the '90s station. I'm on one or two <laughs> jams, and I'm playing all the stuff that I played and broke when I was on KMEL back in the day. So now I don't have to necessarily break new artists, um, but I definitely game them up. You know, tell them what are the few steps they could take to sort of break their video. I still play a lot of the, the new videos. We do. Uh, you know, West Side Wednesdays on CMC. So we try to embrace some of the new up and coming. Um, but in regards to playing it musically on the radio, and that's not my thing anymore. I kind of like pass the torch and let that be what it be. Um, I'm kind of like the Wolfman Jack of this generation. <laughs> the guy that used to be, but it's still kind of the dude. Um, so I love what I do and I love where I'm at and I love my space. Um, but yo, no, no, um, I, I've always um, wanted to be where the people are at. So whether I was yeah. at the supermarket and your grandma recognized my voice <laughs> or, 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 you know, it's funny because like, you know, like I used to bug out. I'd be standing in line talking to one of my daughters or even to my son back in the day. And we'd be sitting in Safeway and somebody would be like, 
taking two, three glasses back. In the- <laughs> Hold on. I know that voice. And I'm like, huh? You're Chewy, huh? I'm like, yeah. I knew it. I, I, I just heard it. Like, I can't tell. I mean, I'm just talking. Right. But it was just funny that that would just like blow me away when I'd be standing somewhere. But no, that's always what I wanted to be was be where the people at, whether it was at Safeway, at one of the concerts, and you know, at, 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 you know, the, the the high school big 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 game at one of the high schools or something. You know, so I just wanted to be where the people were at. That's dope, man. Thank you. Um, as Damon mentioned, you're you're such a conduit for so much music, especially like for people of our generation. And I was wondering, what what is your um, hip hop history? Um, what is your journey into um, listening to the music and getting into the culture itself since you broke so many artists and sort of um, let everybody know about so many? Uh, my conduit was being a KMEO, you know what I mean? We were, we were that station. We were known for the hip hop and CMC, Andy providing a, a, an outlet for folks to give videos. You know, there was a lot of stuff that, that we did on CMC that was um, groundbreaking. You know, um, you know, a lot of these artists like um, Drew Down, Rapping Forte, mm. Mm. Um, you know, Messi Marv got their videos played on CMC <laughs> where they couldn't get on MTV. And the beauty of CMC was you did need to have cable. Yeah, and we were all over right. the Bay Area. Unlike Solby, that was strictly East Bay, Oakland, CMC was everywhere from Salinas to Fairfield to Vallejo to Oakland to South San Francisco. Everywhere in between, you could watch CMC, and you didn't need cable. Right. So, mm-hmm. and the beautiful, beautiful thing was that we could play DMX, we could play Jay Z, we could play Nas, but we also played RBL Posse. Big Herm, we played, you know, JT the Bigger Figure, San Quinn, uh, you name it. And that was the beauty of it. And introducing these artists was like um, giving you what you already heard, but now catching a visual of it. So it made it three-dimensional, which also made me three-dimensional. So mm-hmm. now when you saw me, you felt like you knew me. And I've always been like like the Bay Area's uncle. 100%. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And people are not afraid to come up and say, hey, Chewy, and be like, you know, sometimes like you see, you might see, say, I don't know, E-40. You're not as likely to walk up to E-40 and say, what's up, 40? Yeah. yeah. But if you see Chewy, you feel like you grew up with him. He was your neighbor. He was one of your uncles, one of your, your, you know, whatever. And you felt like you're comfortable. like, hey, Chewy, what's up? What's up? Oh, you mute, Nate. Sorry, guys. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask, and keep in mind, we're from San Jose. Is San Jose part of the Bay? Of course Ooh. it is. Okay. <laughs> San Jose has always been part of the Bay. You know, we had MC Twist back in the day out of hey. San Jose. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, th- there's been a lot of guys that have been out of San Jose. Uh, Sacramento is questionable. Okay. Not just okay. what happened recently, but Sacramento's <laughs> always been questionable. You know, we got Fairfield. We got Vallejo. We got San yeah. Jose. We throw now Viso in there. Hey. Cruise guys, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's the Bay. Thank you, man. Uh, next time somebody tries to debate me, I'm going to just uh, play them just this play tape. The clip. Yep. Yeah, we have our local <laughs> ambassador. He's no, telling it's you. It's bona fide. It's bona fide. <laughs> That's so dope. Um, I'm wondering in your, in your incredible run on radio, which is like 20 years plus, I think it's hard for it's like some younger folks to understand the role that radio played at a time in breaking records and exposing people to records pre-internet. Before the internet, what was the biggest record 
that came through on radio. Like the one that people you played a thousand times was just a huge record. I have an idea, but I, I want to know from your your professional perspective, what was the the biggest record when you were doing your radio run? I mean, there was so many. I mean, I mean, because you know, they they, they goes in 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 genres. Like the high Fiera was hot. Yeah. You know, you had the early early stages of of getting into radio when you heard a lot of Run DMC. Um, so it just depends on on when you're talking about. But for for us here, it would have to be like the Loonies. I got five on is one of the you know yeah. big 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 staples that you can't not ignore. And remember, Mac Dre was never hot on the radio till he passed. Yeah. He was hot on the streets. It's right. not till he passed till he got real popular uh, on a mainstream level. But you know, you drop anything Mac Dre now, and and yeah. and it's just bona fide. But you know, back in the day, you'd have to really like search to try and get somebody to play something in the mix show. Awesome. Well, what 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 about video? Because we we interviewed um, uh, one of Conscious Daughters a couple couple months back, or maybe six or seven months back. And I just remember we immediately were like, whenever uh, we think about Conscious Daughters, we would think about CMC mm -hmm. and like how how hard that video and how hard that went. What were some of the biggest videos that that came through in your your video era? For me, it would be California Living. Mac Dre was a mm -hmm. huge video that got tons of play from us. Um, uh, Captain Save a Ho was a funny <laughs> video i really that associate that with cmc that's where i totally. definitely saw that and you, you have to bleep out anything that even might be considered a curse <laughs> right and that was the funny thing uh, we had to make our own edits sometimes because those guys wouldn't do edits but we wanted to play these songs that we made our own edits of the videos and then they got smarter and started making radio edits of their videos uh one of the videos that i love that we played that was the original uh mac of the year version it's mm. different than the one that was released from the record label once they got signed. Mm. So when you watch CMC, the video, the version we play is not the one that got rotation in the rest of the country. We had our own special version because we were on it so early. So, I mean, there were several records, Conscious Daughters you mentioned, were huge. Um, Rapping Forte, Players Club was big. Mm. There was a few of them there that were really, really big. And <clears throat> that's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, well, I wanted to go back a little bit and talk about KML because I mean you were there for um, so long. Um, can you tell us how everything went down, how how you got introduced to the station, and just reflect on that on that period? That also was a crazy story because I was at, at KSL, which became Wild One Hundred Seven. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I was at Wild One Hundred Seven, and um, at the time my son was born back in '92. So around that time, I went to my bosses and I said, "Yo." Um, I'm having a kid. I need to get um, benefits or I need to get a raise so I can get my own benefits. And at that time, Jojo Wright was doing the night show. And so I was doing a lot of stuff on the station, but I was never one of their full-time employees, even though I did more than full-time work. Mm. Um, and they said, no, we can't, there's, there's nowhere we could put you. And I'm like, so I can't get benefits. I can't get a raise. Mm. No. And at that time, coincidentally, this guy named Dave Shakes was becoming the new program director at KML. And the guy that was there at KML before Dave Shakes was Keith Nastley. He said on, on his leaving KML, he said to Dave Shakes, if you do any hiring, check out this kid, Chewy Gomez. Think about him. And so I had an interview with Dave, Dave Shakes. 
and he took me to lunch and he said, uh, yo, I'm thinking of doing something new in the Bay Area, putting a guy girl team. Um, and we've considered you for the position for our night show. We're going to change some stuff around. You can't talk about this yet because it's not official and it's all pending on whether or not you want to come over. But we're thinking about putting together a show with you and Rosary and call it the Chewy and Rosary show. And I'm like, well, um, would it include benefits? Oh, yeah, yeah. Benefits and, and a full-time wage. Uh, you know, here, matter of fact, you wrote down on a piece of paper, this is what we're going to pay you and that, of course, includes benefits. I'm like, huh? <laughs> I was making nowhere near what, I, what he offered me. And so I go back to Wild 107. I said, yo, yo, they offered me this. It came in. Can you match it? Or do I have to take it? Well, we can't match it. So I'm like, I guess that's bye. And, you know, almost in tears, I left there because that's where I started and that's where I was at and that's where I wanted to be at. But Tamio opened the door and brought me over. And in 93, I came over to Cameo and I did 20 years at Cameo. Incredible. Incredible run. Um, The the soundtrack of our lives, as I'm sure it is for many other people. Um, I I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about freestyle music. There's always been... Uh, it's always it it never goes out of style here in the Bay Area and especially, especially here in San Jose. Jose. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Why do you think that is? What what makes it special? Why do we always come back to that? Freestyle was a genre that was just so niche. Yeah. For 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 lack of words, niche was was it. But I mean, it it touched so many people in so many ways because it was like. There were there were love songs with a fast beat, and mm, so mm. the girls loved them. Guys danced to them, and if you want to holler at a girl, you had to dance with her. So you had to get down, out. <laughs> but no, freestyle is something that is beautiful and, and it's big to the the East Coast, but it's also big here in the yeah. Bay Area, yeah. especially in San Jose. But you know, you got pockets in Fremont, Redwood City, South San Francisco. They really love it, and it's big in the Latino community. And and the Filipino community, yep. Uh, although everybody was exposed to it, so black folks and white folks get down with the get down, but it was really targeted to Latinos and Asians, uh, obviously. Yeah, the the great unifier, our homie uh, <laughs> Cutso, I think you know, yeah, uh, says it. Yeah, as soon as you put on the freestyle record, the the Latinos and Asians come together, exactly, <laughs> um, <laughs> and unite. He tells no lies. <laughs> um, Kind of looking at the the landscape of music right now, uh, everything is is on the internet. Like I said before, I'm not sure if folks who are a little younger could understand the impact that the radio had. What do you think is the future of radio and specifically hip hop on the radio? Like if we look 10, 20 years down the line, is there still going to be radio stations in the way that we know them, the way that you DJ? No, I I think radio and i and i love the medium i think uh you know it's great for folks that are in their car and they got to go from point a to point b and want to turn something on real quick i mean that's it's a it's an easy option for those of that don't have the the apple airplay in their car and doesn't connect automatically but um radio as a whole seems to be dying a slow death Mm. um uh but i think it's still a viable means of communications uh and people that love radio are love radio because that's what we grew up on. But for those kids that did not grow up on radio, um, there's two things that's happening. Um, they're finding music on their own 
And so they're not being fed music. Like when you guys were exposed to stuff that we were playing, we almost programmed you to like yes. 40. We programmed yeah. you to like Britney Spears. And mm-hmm. so now these kids don't have that locked in sensation where they have to listen to what they have to listen to because now they got Spotify, YouTube, um, Apple Play, Google Play, all kinds of plays. And so that's the beauty of it. The other part is that because music is so um, not categorized, you're having music be morphed. Mm. Where you're hearing country music rappers now. Yeah. You're hearing yeah. pop music that has rap in it. You know, you got BTS, you know what I'm saying? A <laughs> right. pop with rap, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, music itself is morphing, it's changing, it's evolving. And it's becoming something different. And I don't think that we're going to have categories anymore in, in a few years. No, that 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 makes a, a whole lot of sense. Um, I just real real quick, I want to touch on um, your oldie show. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my, my mom would be like, why didn't you ask him about the oldie show? <laughs> uh, t- talk to folks a little bit about, about that show, how you started doing it, and kind of like why, how that's culturally important. Well, the funny thing is, I started the oldies way back at Wild 107. I used to do this thing Mm -hmm. called um, Cruising with Chewy. My man Rico Tomas was the guy that started it. He was our program director. He didn't want to do it anymore. He goes, you want to do it? I'm like, sure. So I started doing oldies way back in Wild 107. So that takes me back to Mm pre-92, right? And so I was doing oldies then. I've always loved oldies. It's just a a Latino-Mexican thing. We we grew up on Brenton Wood, Mary Wells, yeah, right. uh, you know, Gene Chandler. Uh, so w- those went away. Then you had the likes of Victor Saragossa, Javier the X-Man. Uh, as of late, Tony Sandoval was doing it. And <clears throat> all these oldie stations went away. And, yeah. you know, we have our Lebeau, but we don't have our Lebeau. Our Lebeau's in right. L.A. Right. And so when Tony Sandoval stopped doing oldies, I took it upon myself to pick it back up and say, yo, we still need it here. I was able to put it on Hot 105.7 when I was there. I brought it to Q102 when I was at Q102, which is now 102 Jams. And then when I got let go at Q102, I just took it to CMC and I said, you know what, I'm going to put it there. And um, it's been dope because I've been able to not only uh, show it on our CMC app, but I'm also streaming it on Twitch. So folks have okay. to, to kind of watch behind the scenes but listen to it as a radio show. And so I'm, I'm screaming it on CMC, the app. Um, it's on CMC, the channel, which is, you know, now in hella stations. Uh, we're no longer on channel 26. We're on just a, a plethora of over the air stations that we're even on in Idaho, which is crazy. <laughs> and we're in uh, Tulare, we're in uh, Yuba city. And so all these cities are picking us up and, and I'm on Twitch. And so now I got folks checking in from, Last week, we had a guy from Dublin. We had a guy from Canada. We have Hawaii. We have, last night when I was on, we had Michigan, Texas, San Antonio, Arizona. Um, who else we have? Florida. Uh, we have Guam, a girl from Guadalajara in Mexico. She was listening. So oldies touch somebody. And if you grew up on oldies, oldies is a Sunday tradition. Yeah. Yep. You know, so you got to get your oldies in, whether you like, you know, stylistics or Mary Wells, dramatics, uh, you know, um, Curtis Mayfield. I got you. I'm that oldies dude. 
<laughs> man, you're you're a lot of dudes rolled into one. Uh, DJ Legend, man, we thank you so much for coming on the program, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you having me, and thank you for letting me uh, spread the cheer. All right, that was our conversation with Chewy Gomez, who eloquently, thank you for the question, Nate, eloquently described the power and appeal of freestyle. Like he he gets it, but he also gets it from kind of almost the like, that's what y'all I, like. Huh? I mean, I, I heard it from him. It. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like this, like the sound of my childhood in many ways because he would play it on the radio. So it was cool to be able to talk to him. Thank you, Dave, for hooking that up. I, As you guys know, I've always wanted to talk to him. I think he's like, such an important figure and just like such like um just a gregarious like mm -hmm. cool person i've just always wanted to um kind of you know via zoom shake his hand kind of thing i thought we might run into him at hyro day last year remember totally yeah well, and I, I, I think he was we, there we see him around i mean it's pretty cool we yeah. see him around i think he's like djing a thing with tommy like in san jose next week or something so yeah it's just really cool to finally like talk to him i mean he, he does what he does with like so much joy and energy and to be able to keep that level up like for what decades now it's incredible yeah yeah he's uh i wasn't kidding when i said legend and it, i feel like every major metro area has that like mm -hmm. you have somebody who was the shepherd of the music of your generation and not to get all old guy misty but i'm going to um we kind of won't have that it is a choose your own adventure kind of situation now mm -hmm. as, as chewy alluded to like there's nobody who's going to be um kind of uh i don't know feeding you music in the same way that you would have the same reverence for right um so it was definitely cool to get some of his time while he was hosting a fucking radio show i know but he, he's like hold on hold on I'll, answer, I'll get to that question but i have to do this real quick and he like turns around and is literally on the radio i was amazed i, I haven't like laughed the, that hard in a while it's like the same voice he turns around does the radio thing turns back to us same thing same voice same energy it's the best yeah, man. Uh, I think uh, us podcasters could um, could take a few notes. Us fake radio pros uh, <laughs> could could learn a lot. Um, so yeah, thanks to Chewy for coming on the program. Uh, as you know, you can vibe with us on Twitter at Dad Bod Rap Pod. Don't be a mouth breather. Um, don't be a mouth breather. And also, like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess solicit send shit unsolicited whenever you want but just know yeah. that like it's it's hard to take that seriously um but you can <laughs> uh also you can hit us up on instagram at dad bod rap pod um don't send videos about not being a music snob somebody sent a reel about not what? being a music snob and i'm like what what do you want from me what do you want from me right now like, i'm gonna change my whole being because of this reel yeah yeah it's I just doubt like, it. yeah i'm just like do, do you understand the brand like what what do you want me to do right now um get but the it, fuck out of here exactly we I kindly invite you to dave's here. response to every online interaction <laughs> i've changed since i met him it's all since 1980s if get the fuck out of here was a person dave um <laughs> but you can get the fuck into our patreon uh at patreon.com slash dadbodratpod 
where you'll get to hear Nate live out his radio dreams by doing uh, the Fly Sporadic. Uh, we have my playlist series, Dems Gems, which I heard from a fan, almost got him fired one time because he was so into it. Wow. Um, so that's, that's high praise. He's like, I was vibing so hard, I literally got yelled at, um, which is the pretty much the highest praise you could give a playlist. So um, we, we have all that there. It's only $5 a month or $51 a year. You can always connect with us there. You can connect with us in real life. We have an event coming up on Saturday, June 24th. It will be the second Eastside Record Swap. There'll be vinyl for sale, and we have special guest Sean Katrowitz and the questions coming down. We're going to be doing a whole hip-hop trivia game. There's going to be prizes. Uh, we're going to have some locally-themed questions. It's it's going to be a good time. We're going to bring Katrowitz out to do his game. Um, so we invite you to, to join us there at the School of Arts and Culture, Saturday, June 24th, 4 to 9 p.m. You can check our, our Insta and our Twitter uh, for more information on that. Hope to see y'all. Um, but yeah, you you know what it is. It's the goddamn dad bod rap pod. Coming up on Hip Hop Made the Bay, the show we're bringing with Ice Cube, E Forty, Bone Thugs, and more. Details next, baby. <laughs> we Dude, keep that in. bro, we I didn't.